Welcome, everyone, to the Entertainment Buffet podcast mini-sode number two. Um, this uh, is Brandon Prosek. Uh, I, I know I promised that Jessica would be returning. Unfortunately, um, some things have gotten in the way again health-wise. Uh, she'll explain further when she does return. Um, we're also going to keep putting uh, episode 100 on hiatus. Uh, you know, I, I her and I did discuss it, and it, it just... it. For me, would not make sense to do episode 100 without her. It's kind of a milestone episode, and she's been around, you know, for years now, and uh, is just an amazing co-host. So yeah, we're gonna keep waiting on that, but I will be doing another mini sode because it's been a little while since the last one, and I've been watching some stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna not only break down what I've been watching on TV. I'm going to talk about what movies I've seen, and also uh, I'm also going to break down what comics I've been reading, because it's not just about visual mediums, but also pop culture in general, and that's been something I've been reading a good amount, uh, some comic books, graphic novels. Um, before we get started, please um, click on the link below uh, if you are interested in some new glasses. We have a sponsor for the podcast that is Zenny Optical, Z-E-N-N-I. Uh, if you're watching the video version of this mini-sode, I am wearing some Zenny glasses. I have over 10 pairs of Zenny that I've gotten over the last handful of years because I just enjoy their products. And uh, with Entertainment Buffet, I reached out to them to see if they would be interested in being a sponsor because... Uh, they offer glasses for a very reasonable price. I remember getting some of my first pairs of glasses with my parents when I was growing up, and they were like hundreds of dollars. And uh, Zenny, you could get pairs for $30, $50, like, and they're just as quality as the ones they sell at the store. The reason why those ones you get at the store are so expensive is because, unfortunately, Luxottica is a monopoly that uh, owns all the brands, owns all the stores, and therefore that's why they jack up the prices i remember i worked with some they said they spent 500 dollars on regular regular glasses i was like um for 500 dollars, i've gotten probably 12 pairs <laughs> so if you're someone looking to get new glasses it's pretty simple you plug in your prescription from your doctor uh they just like email it or print it for you uh, you type it in and you look at the designs, pick one. You can do some with blue blockers for if you look, if you're like me, you look at screens all day for work, it help with uh, blocking the blue light. You can get transitional lenses. You can get prescription sunglasses. I've done all of the above. <laughs> and yeah, so please check out Zenny Optical. It not only will uh, support a, a company that isn't a monopoly and isn't, you know, trash like Luxottica, but also supports Entertainment Buffet. If you do so, we get a percentage of that sale. Uh, so if you'd like to support us that way and you're thinking about getting new glasses, you know, it's fall, you know, holidays around the corner, clicking that link would be doing us a big, big favor, a huge solid. We would really appreciate it. But let's go ahead and jump into what I have been watching. Um, if you didn't listen to the other mini-sode, uh, what we've been watching is something that Jess and I used to do almost every episode of the podcast as a segment, but we would end up talking for so long, we're like, oh my God, we've talked for like 45 minutes to an hour and we haven't even gotten to the subject of the podcast. So now we're going to be releasing these mini-sodes where we talk about that uh, with those updates. And also uh, it gives us a chance to 
dive into the topics quicker uh, for the main episodes. So I'm going to go ahead and kick things off with TV shows I've been watching. Um, So uh, one thing that I've continued watching, and unfortunately now I've seen almost all of its possible entirety, if this remains the same, is I have been watching Why the Last Man. Uh, I am on episode... I believe it is eight or nine now. Uh, it's a 10 episode season, and it was recently announced that Why the Last Man, unfortunately, is canceled. Um, I, it wasn't due to viewership or quality. It was because this was a show that was originally signed pre pandemic, and then when the pandemic put productions on hold, they had to be paying for these actors to stay you know, on retainer uh, for when. The show actually did get filmed, uh, and it's just one of those things, if you think about that logistically, where if the show really only produced 10 episodes, but they were paying these actors for multiple years to stay on, that just doesn't seem like that makes much business-wise. However... You know, because Why the Last Man is, uh, you know, a DC property, there's talks that HBO Max and Warner Brothers could pick up Why the Last Man and either continue the show with that same cast or potentially, you know, reboot it. Who knows? Uh, But uh, one thing I'll say about Why the Last Man, as far as like my thoughts on the show itself, is. While the t- actors and the directors involved all seem very talented, uh, and I understand where they're going with the writing, I think the thing that is just that just feels like there's something missing. You know, it, it's this great concept uh, where you know every uh, every individual, uh, whether it's human or animal, with a Y chromosome is killed off in this you know plague event uh, where the only survivors uh, seemingly are this character York and his monkey Ampersand. And so it's a very interesting thing to look at this post-apocalyptic, you know, societal shift where uh, it's only women and trans men, um, you know, non-binary folks, you know, people without a Y chromosome that have survived and how that fallout would affect uh, the world. Um, I love this kind of like what if story. I think it's very fascinating. But the show itself, it feels like it's just missing something. And the thing I pinpointed, what I think it is, is the humor is almost non existent. And it's not that like they don't try with some jokes here and there with York or the other characters. It's just you think about classic shows like. Breaking Bad. Uh, that show would be incredibly dark sometimes, intense. You know, there'd be action, there'd be violence, but then there'd be very lighthearted moments that I think would kind of help break up the uh, intensity. Um, same with, uh, I love the show Sons of Anarchy did that. You look at Game of Thrones did that. Uh, a lot of the great dramas also sprinkle in comedy. And it's not even just because it needs to be funny, but it just feels like it gives the show uh, a little bit more life. Um, And this is actually something that I'll talk about further. I've noticed the same trend with a certain director with his movies. Um, Yeah, whenever it's just, just serious the whole time, like, sure, I bet there are people out there that love that kind of content. And I'm not saying that I haven't enjoyed that type of... Uh, direction or writing before but maybe it's because we're living in a pandemic maybe it's because a lot of us are dealing with depression or now with uh where i'm uh at winter coming uh seasonal depression things like that it's just like 
hard to watch things that are just straight up intense, you know, for 45 to 60 minutes, you know, multiple episodes every week, you know, it just, (laughs) it could be a lot. And so like, I personally, um, I I still need to think about it a little bit further if there's anything else I'm, I'm noticing, but it just feels like that's what's missing from why the last man is just a little bit more life. You know, um, the reason I often personally write things that have both drama and comedy is because that's life. Life can be very funny sometimes, but then it can also be very tragic. And it's about that balance for me personally. Um, and I think that's something that's missing in Why the Last Man. Uh, I would love to know for anyone out there who has checked out Why the Last Man, the TV show adaptation, please comment. Let me know. Uh, is Do you think there's something missing? Am I just, you know, in a mood? Uh, but yeah, uh, so that's one show I've been watching. Uh, something else that I binged uh, a full season of uh, with uh, my partner and a friend is a show called Into the Night. Uh, This is on Netflix. It's actually a a French show um, that it's... Right now, I think season two recently dropped. Season one dropped in 2020. Um, It's only six episodes. Uh, It's a very interesting concept. It's kind of another like what-if post-apocalyptic scenario to Why the Last Man, which is... Um, essentially it takes place at an airport when it first starts, there's these characters boarding a plane, you know, some are crew members, some are passengers, when all of a sudden a man takes a gun, boards the plane and says, we need to fly west. And they explain that he heard in NATO that, uh, when the sun rises the next day, it's going to kill everyone. And it's night at the moment, they're in Brussels and they have to just keep flying quote unquote, into the night, you know, title of the show, to avoid dying. And so he takes control of this plane at gunpoint and him and these individuals then keep dealing with various challenges along the way because obviously there's so much fuel. They have to keep flying in a a direction where they're not affected by the sunlight. Then they land, they got to get more fuel before the sun comes up. You know, they start uh, dealing with different... uh, turmoil and issues, whether it's between the characters personally or uh, things around them, like, for example, places that they land where the sun has already hit, the food isn't good anymore. There's no fresh food because the sun's gamma rays, like, you know, affected it. Gamma rays. I don't even know if it's gamma rays. (laughs) Rays. Whatever. Gamma rays, I just think of Incredible Hulk. But anyway, uh, it affects them in a way to where, like, that food doesn't have any nutritional value anymore. Um, You know, then certain plane fuel doesn't work anymore so they have to try to find a bunker but it's one thing when like so much of the world's population is dying because of the sunlight and this isn't just people that are outside this is people that are inside um and basically if they're exposed to sunlight in any fashion uh in or out they're dead and it's just a very fascinating show the reason i like it is because most of the show takes place on the plane it's very much like a play uh, where you have these groups of characters from all over walks of life and all over the world, really. And that's what I enjoyed. Uh, I did watch it with subtitles. I do recommend that. Uh, but if you're a dub person, still enjoy it. But I just personally, uh, it's it's really interesting because the characters also, they know French, they know English, they know Italian, they know Russian. Like they're, they're people from all over the world that they just happen to be at that airport and on that plane. So uh, I highly recommend that show. It just flies by no pun intended um there are just different 
obstacles and stakes every episode, multiple in an episode, and it just makes you think what you would want to do in that situation. Um, so Into the Night, uh, I finished season one, going to be uh, starting season two soon. I really, really recommend the show. Uh, yeah. Um, so TV, what else have I been watching? Uh, I have been re-watching with my partner slowly over the last few months Game of Thrones, which we finally recently finished season four on our rewatch, and we're uh, about in the middle of season five. Uh, all I'll say for now is, uh, unfortunately, it feels like once they cross from season four to five is when you start to notice issues with the show. Issues can be found throughout Game of Thrones. So that's one thing that kills me about people say like, oh, the last season killed the entire show for them. It's like, you know, guys, if you really look at it, there's flaws in every season. There's flaws in every episode. Like, it's not a perfect show. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. You know, probably the only one behind Seinfeld, which totally different genres, but it's just, I love Game of Thrones. The thing that I personally notice is like the pacing of all the different storylines, you know, when you look at 10 episode seasons and you say, for example, you know, uh, Arya is going to be in say eight episodes in a season um, and you, where she starts here and she ends here and you're like, that's all she did that season. Or, you know, like this person was in six episodes and they went from here to here. It's like, that's all that happened. So the show really struggles with pacing. Um, I think it only was made worse when they decided to shorten the seasons to seven and six episodes in season seven and eight. Uh, But that's a topic for an entire different video, I could just talk about Game of Thrones and the ending and the issues. But I will say uh, there are some things in season four that I'm like, wow, this this is possibly the best season. That's where we have Oberwin, the trial of Tyrion, both trial and trial by combat. We have the stories uh, with Arya and the Hound, and we have uh, the battle at the wall with the the wildlings and the night's watch uh it's just a season that i think has a lot of stuff happen um although there's definitely like every season there's weak storylines and so i think that's something that the show struggles with is really the characters who last the longest if you think about like what they do every season so like if you look at someone like Tyrion, had a very fun season one he's captured he goes to the wall he's captured at the veil has the first trial by combat we get to see then he goes and you know he's in the battle uh where he's knocked out and you know he meets braun and shay and we get to introduce to tywin um Season two, he's the Hand of the King uh, and then defends the city with the Battle of Blackwater. Season three, he just mulls around and is the master of coin slash is forced to marry Sansa. Uh, Season four, he gets arrested right away for Joffrey's death and is thrown in the prison for literally the entire season. And so it's just something that I think I almost wish there could be like there's the Marvel What If show. I wish there could be a What If game of thrones where we change certain characters dying like i wish cersei died way sooner i'm sorry uh actress is great but i I just think there are other characters that i miss once they died like tywin obviously ned um too many but i just wonder what the show would be like if they paced some of these characters storylines differently um and there was more planning in the beginning instead of like every season you can tell where there was like, oh, these are the storylines that matter. These are the ones that kind of suck. Um, so that is what I'll say about 
a Game of Thrones. Um, movies I've been watching. Uh, I uh, rewatched for the first time in about 10 years Avatar. Not Avatar The Last Airbender, Avatar the movie, James Cameron's epic sci-fi tale that was for the longest time the highest grossing movie of all time at like $2.7 billion. I I know I can be kind of a hater at this movie, but like rewatching it, it's like, yes, I see why some people think it's fun. I just forever am a little bit tainted because like I'm like, why is was this the highest grossing movie of all time? Um it's it's just Pocahontas or Dances with Wolves slightly remixed with some blue aliens you know and sure there's tons of stories that are redone i understand that they're remade they're restructured you know you break down a lot of three-act structure in movies they're all the same i get it i get it i just don't understand where it's like that's not even james cameron's best movie much less should be considered like the highest grossing movie i would rather let like one of the terminators is still the highest grossing movie of all time instead of fucking avatar um the only thing i'm looking forward to uh with these new avatar movies is i hope that it's like all right you establish the characters in the situation do something else do something else with these aliens do something else with this world so it's not just the same thing over again uh but we'll see when two three and four come out um I watched Friday for the first time. Uh, my partner was very surprised I hadn't seen that. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny. It also, it, you know, you could tell it's a little dated in some things. Uh, 90s comedy with Chris Tucker and Ice Cube. Um, yeah, I, I think it was fun. I'm glad I saw it at least once. It's not my favorite comedy of all time. Sorry. Maybe if I saw it was younger, uh, when I was younger, it would have stuck with me more but it just uh yeah i don't know uh <laughs> um i saw unforgiven for the first time which is the western it won best picture uh, it was actually clint eastwood's last western i believe um ooh, that movie is a slog i'm sorry I, I i'm sorry people who are fans of westerns i can be a fan of westerns too when they're done well this is a fucking slog i don't care if eastwood is good i don't care if gene hackman's good morgan freeman's good it's like acting does not take away the fact that this movie just felt forever even though it was like you know i think it wasn't two and a half hours like 210 it felt long it just felt like it kept going and it i don't know i i wasn't interested in the story i wasn't interested in the characters i didn't really care when certain deaths happened, certain moments it just happened and for clint eastwood to have this epic western career uh where you know everyone thinks of westerns they think of clint eastwood uh, for that to be his last western it's kind of a letdown in my opinion and i know i haven't seen a lot of his westerns i was never a huge western fan growing up or a clint eastwood fan for that matter but i just unforgiven by no means deserved best picture I will fight anyone on this because the same year, A Few Good Men came out. This was 1992. Uh, A Few Good Men, easily way better picture. Not just because of Sorkin's writing, which should have won Best Adapted Screenplay from his own original play. Um, Guys, the play was so good that the play wasn't even out yet and they decided to make the movie. That's how good the script was. They got Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, Demi Moore, uh, Kevin Bacon, just this insane cast uh, where they all crush uh, just 
incredible acting. They all should have been nominated for things, uh, and the movie should have won Best Picture. I'm sorry. Unforgiven was wildly basic. I could think of at least three westerns off the top of my head I like better, including the 2007 remake of 310 to Yuma, Django Unchained. Hell, I enjoyed Back to the Future Part 3 more than I did Unforgiven. I'm sorry. It was a slog. It was not that good. I'm sure this isn't a hot take, but I'm sorry, guys. I get upset when I watch something that's considered a best picture of the year only to be like, well... I know of at least one movie that came out that year that is way better than that, and it's A Few Good Men, people. Uh, if you haven't watched A Few Good Men in a while, go back, rewatch it, sit and watch it from start to finish, put your phone down, and you'll be like, wow, that is an incredible story, uh, incredibly well acted, and just, yeah. There's a reason why Sorkin has a massive career now is because of A Few Good Men. Um, I watched Batman The Long Halloweens Part 1 and 2. Uh, they adapted the comic book uh, for HBO Max, uh, uh, these these movies. I'm so glad they split this into two parts because Long Halloween is a long graphic novel story. For those who don't know, basically Batman is hunting a serial killer that they just call Holiday because they find out on every holiday uh, someone is killed. Um, and it, it takes, uh, you know, no spoilers, but it takes about a year for them to figure out who Holiday is. And yeah, it's, I think, really well done. I think there's some slight differences from the graphic novel, but as someone who's a fan of the graphic novel, there was none that I was like, oh, how dare they change or update that? Like, no, nothing that was bad. I, I think it was great. Uh, uh, each part is an hour and a half. Uh, I think that... It told the story really well since it's probably never going to work as a movie because it's just too long of a story. I'm glad that they did it in a two-part animated uh, style. Um, you know, Maybe it would work as a miniseries, like a six-episode miniseries, but honestly, I really enjoyed how it worked as a two-part animated uh two animated movies uh, if you have hbo max i highly recommend check out batman the long halloween uh there's a reason why you'll notice things that christopher nolan took from that graphic novel inspiration for dark knight so if you're a fan of dark knight you're probably a fan of the long halloween go read it support a local comic book store or watch it on hbo max um this is not sponsored by hbo max <laughs> um uh, lastly i saw the movie freaky um which is uh, a movie where it's kind of a joke on Freaky Friday, but instead of a mom and a daughter, it's with a teenage girl and a serial killer swap bodies. And so then the serial killer is walking around this little girl's body, and this little girl uh, is inside the body of Vince Vaughn, the serial killer. And I think it is a lot of fun. It, it is cheesy. It's predictable. It's nothing that is wildly extravagant, extravagantly not a word but i'll say it uh it's not original but it is fun it was a fun movie i really enjoyed watching it i think anyone who enjoys you know horror or the idea of a horror twist on freaky friday i think you'll have a lot of fun check out freaky um i did also watch dune um but i feel like because i've been talking for about 23 minutes so far i could just talk about dune for a little while um and I want to move on to comic books I've been reading. So, 
Uh, I have been reading through uh, the comic book uh, Chew. Um, I recently finished, I'm showing uh, the book and the video version of this if you want to watch this on YouTube, on Entertainment Buffet. Um, I finished volume four, which is uh, Flambe, uh, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, thing I love about the Chew books is each volume is five issues. It's a, a story arc where it's also like, you know, some reoccurring things throughout the story. But uh, if you just want to check in little parts, uh, it's a lot of fun. Flambe, I will say out of the five volumes I've read so far was probably my least favorite. Uh, it's not that it's not good. It's just Chew is so much fun in other volumes. Um, I'm glad I read it because, you know, it does follow along uh, the story. Um, but it was nothing, you know, I would say out of the five I've read, it was my least favorite. Um uh, speaking of which, the next one, I did also read Chu Volume 5, which is uh, titled Major League Chu. Um, this one uh, went in some weird places. Well, all Chu goes into weird places, let me say that. But uh, it was a lot more fun than Flambe. I would say if I had to rank the five volumes that I've read so far, that it's it's definitely in the middle towards upper tier um, if I were to really kind of break down those five, uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm obsessed with Chew. Uh, I guess that makes, uh, out of the five, uh, five issues per volume. And I've read five volumes. I've read 25 issues now, and apparently there's 60. So getting close to halfway through the, uh, entire series. I highly recommend Chew. I will say it is dark. Uh, it can be gross, but, uh, I really enjoy the art and really enjoy the writing and the original story. Um, I talked about it for a while earlier, the TV show version. I'm also starting to read the actual graphic novel, Why the Last Man. I picked up, uh, they call this one volume one. Um, this is, I believe, I'll confirm. Uno momento. Great content. Yes. So volume one, this is the first 10 issues, uh, which this is apparently also a 60 issue uh, story. Um, yeah, uh, I am liking this better than the TV show. Um, obviously, everyone says like the book is better than the show or the book is better than the movie. Um, uh, but I honestly don't really like to compare adaptations. Uh, I, I will just say because of but I bet a bunch of people wondered, like, is the show better than the thing? No, I think they both have their merits. I think the TV show definitely changed some things. They added characters. They're tweaking the order a little bit uh, in ways that make sense for a TV show. As far as the book goes, um, yeah, it, it is uh, a lot of fun. It is very dark. Um, I uh, Some directions went with, uh, some of the characters that I didn't expect, you know, because I was introduced to the characters in the TV show. I watched about six episodes before I picked this up. Um, I would say pick this up first, you know, read the first five to 10 issues. If you like it, keep reading it. If you don't, at least you're kind of introduced to the world. And then if you want to check out the TV show, if that's better for you as a medium, you could do that. 
Um, yeah, Why the Last Man, uh, I have already picked up volume two, which is, I think, the next 10 to 14 or so issues. Uh, I'm getting towards the end of that. I have not finished it yet, but I highly recommend checking these out. Because um, one thing I'll say about comic books, and this isn't someone that uh, is saying this just because he uh, co-wrote and co-created a pirate comic book, but is now currently working on a Western comic book. Guys, when it comes to comic books and graphic novels, there are so many more genres and stories out there that don't have to do with superpowers or superheroes, supervillains, any of that stuff. I love that stuff. Don't get me wrong. I, some of my favorite comics involve X-Men or Spider-Man or Batman. I get it. I love the movies. I love TV shows, animated, live action, comic books. I love superhero stuff, but I understand why some people are haters on it. I get it. It's not for everyone. Just like earlier, I was saying how I hated on Westerns. Um, yet I'm writing a Western comic book because <laughs> i'm writing a more up-to-date one uh, i'm just being biased I, I think it's gonna be better than unforgiven uh anyway there are so many more worlds and stories and you know out there that like even i have never even heard of much less read um chew was highly recommended by multiple friends and uh, i'm so glad i finally picked it up uh and i'm continuing the run because it's it's a blast so far why the last man i'm glad i picked that up because i, I like post-apocalyptic what if stories as i mentioned before um so if you're someone that you know you're unsure you prefer books you, you know or you're not sure about comics just just Understand that it's not just superheroes. It's not just super-powered individuals or super, or just hero stories. You know, there are things of totally different genres. You know, Chu is like a police procedural mixed with like this dark other world where chickens was banned because there was a chicken uh, flu incident that killed millions. <laughs> chicken is banned um and basically the fda is now is like as high as the fbi um and you follow detective chu um and then why the last man like you said everyone with a y chromosome is killed off except for yorick and his monkey ampersand and so this is kind of a rant just on comics in general but i just i try to tell so many people that it's like it's not just spider-man superman batman x-men avengers there's so much stuff in the comic, graphic novel, manga medium. So please check those out. Uh, I think you'll find some to enjoy. I really recommend both Chu and Why the Last Man. Uh, but yeah, that's what I've been watching. That's what I've been reading. Uh, this has been Minisode number two. Uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, and honestly, guys... Uh, one last thing I'll plug if you've listened this far. If you're in the Chicago area uh, and are interested in live entertainment, Entertainment Buffet is uh, bringing back one of its uh, shows uh, that we were doing pre-pandemic, but we've been on a hiatus. That is Brews and Bad Movies. Uh, this is a show where we do a mini stand-up show and then we screen a bad movie and the comedians that performed on that stand-up show make fun of the movie, similar to Mystery Science Theater. Um yeah, we have uh, Mo Good and Anthony Bonazzo. Those are two uh, Chicago comedians that are headliners. They headline at Laugh Factory, Zany's, Comedy Bar, you know, all over the city, 
other uh, places across the country. These are high-level comedians that we found for this show. Uh, so you get to see them perform for about, you know, 15 uh, minutes, and then you get to enjoy the movie with them and just listen to them just make fun of it. They're both hilarious people on their own. I would pay $10 to see either of them do their own show, just them. But you're, for $10, you get to not only see them perform, but you also get to see Super Mario Brothers, which we're watching the live action of Super Mario Brothers. It's going to be at the Lincoln Lodge Wednesday, November 17th at 7.30 p.m. Tickets are still available at the moment that I'm recording this. Um, you'll really want to check out the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so please stay tuned for that. Check out Entertainment Buffet on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube for all the updates for all of our podcast partners, all of our uh, videos coming out. And of course, as I mentioned before, our six issue graphic novel comic book that is in production at the moment. Um, yeah, we would appreciate the likes, the shares, the subscribes, all the things that shows generally appreciate. We would appreciate it. I am Brandon Prosek. Thank you so much for listening to Minisode number two. And we'll be back with more Minisodes and eventually episode 100 of the Entertainment Buffet podcast. Thanks, guys.